0: Hi, uh, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast for the week ending May 21st. On this edition, we're going to talk about the expiration of the COVID-19 emergency order in Arkansas, the continu- continuing fallout related to the damaged I-40 Mississippi River Bridge, and other odds and ends. I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Good afternoon. So, the governor announced earlier this week that he would not ask. Uh, he now has to seek approval from the legislature, but wouldn't wouldn't do that to extend the emergency order regarding COVID-19. It will expire May 30th.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even if he thought we should, which I don't guess he does, uh, he wouldn't get approval from this legislature to extend it. they've stripped him. They've emasculated him of his emergency power. So, but of course, he he went on with his thing of you know it's not over and get your vaccinations, and I, I I don't doubt his sincerity in saying that. But but you know that is the problem. I don't think we or the world is done until sufficient number of people get vaccinated, and there just continues to be significant pockets of resistance to that. I, there yesterday this uh, oh I forget this secure Arkansas. It's just this utterly crazy right wing group that has a fair amount of influence in the Arkansas legislature now, which is pretty sad, put out a newsletter on the, the the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccination, some of the craziest, wildest stuff you've ever seen. I don't even want to repeat some of the specifics for fear somebody might repeat them again. But that that's one indication. And, and you know, I, I think there's some thought, particularly given the, the line of celebrities the governor lined up to do PSAs to encourage people to get vaccinations—a feeling that there's resistance in the in the black community. I think there is some, although I think there's far more resistance in the white evangelical and and Trump-based community than there is among black people. But uh, there is a problem. I, I I've written today. You, you may have seen that I, I'm somewhat skeptical of the governor's plan to spend $6 million on ads with a guy who had not played basketball for 30 years <laughs> and some proprietors of barbecue joints in little tiny towns that may be famous to him and Rex Nelson, but I, I think the number of people who know about Jones Barbecue in Mariana is a very small number, and, and they'll say, what's this old guy in Mariana? Why should I get a vaccine? Because he says I should. I mean, it's I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm i far more enamored of the idea of, of uh, having a lottery or just doing like New York's doing and just passing out lottery tickets six $6 million worth of mega million tickets and give one to everybody who gets a shot. But anyway, we shall see.
0: Well, the, the only um, thing that we're doing, even remotely along those lines is uh, the governor announced that state employees would get a $200 uh, bonus for getting the shot.
1: Right. And, and, you know, I mean, to me, that was an illustration of the fallacy of a PSA campaign. I mean, for state employees, he says, what would work best? How about giving them a dollar incentive to do it? And, and, and and I'm surprised there hadn't been some blowback from saying, well, so state employees get, get some help, but I don't, the rest of us don't. And that's kind of the beauty of a lottery ticket. He's going to give these state employees. A hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, whatever it is, <clears throat> and and that's fine. But there's something a lottery ticket costs a dollar or two dollars for a Mega Million, I guess. But people love the scratch off and love the lottery tickets in Arkansas, not because they might win millions. The odds are they'll win nothing, but the prospect is so enticing that this is gonna your ship's gonna come in. I I just I just think that we're missing a bet on that, given. Given Arkansas's proclivities on that. Also, I, I, I mean, I love Sydney Moncrief. I'm crazy about Sydney Moncrief. The greatest basketball fandom of my life was during the triplets era. But I'm seventy years old. I remember Sydney Moncrief. <laughs> I looked up I looked up the I looked up the figures today, and forty five percent of Arkansas are thirty four and under. That means if you ask that cohort if they've heard of hit Sydney Moncrief, most of them would say, Sydney, who? Why not Joe Johnson, Patrick Beverly, somebody? I don't know. Anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm 41 years old, and I i guess he was playing when I was a small child. I mainly remember him owning a car dealership.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, and he hadn't been much of a factor in Arkansas since then, either. I mean, I mean Ace is 70 like I am, and Ace is a basketball fan. And so, I mean, there are X number of people that live in the past, you know, and the, and the sports page is big on that, you know, I mean, you know, why not have Joe Ferguson do <laughs> do, do TV edge, you know, or I don't know, John Britton, if he were still alive, I, I don't know, you know, who, or who or Clyde smack over Scott. Anyway, I mean, we just, we just get in the, we get in these little silos of, of what we know, you know, and I, I just don't, I, and the other thing is, is old people, are doing pretty good about getting shots in the main. I think the big problem is with younger people. And I just, I, 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 anyway, I I think we ought to find some, is, is there a real famous popular musician that would appeal to young people? I I don't know. I mean, Lucinda Williams is is kind of getting out long in the tooth too. So at least she's still performing anyway.
0: Well, we, we have a story, we have a story online and we have a story in the magazine about bankroll Freddie. Who's, um, maybe Arkansas's first big time rapper get bankroll Freddie to do it.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, I, I, I think, I think that would move a, a sector of the population that Sydney just ain't going to do. And, and listen, I love city Moncrief, love city Moncrief.
0: Uh, so I've seen in other big cities, um, where businesses have gotten together to offer a free beer free coffee for people who show their vaccination card i think that would be another potentially winning thing and people love free stuff
1: yeah no i think there are any number of ways you could just pass out some pass out some bonuses to get people to do things or some kind of discount card or something you know there's some question about whether the state could hold a lottery. That is some states are in created vaccination lotteries and there is a constitutional prohibition. And, you know, there's a question about that, but I think I, I, I'm not aware of a law that prevents the state just buying lottery tickets and passing them out because you'd be giving them away. You wouldn't be selling them to anybody. So they wouldn't be taking a financial chance to have, to give somebody a ticket. And that's what Cuomo is doing in New York. So, and, and the governor said he kind of was aware of this, but, uh, well, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, I'm glad, this, I, but again, I don't know why we didn't do what Alabama did. They brought in Nick Saban to do ads and, and apparently it's had a tremendous boost in, in vaccinations in Alabama. Why don't we use Muss and Van Horn and, and Pittman and the other popular current, current hogs to, to do something.
0: All right, well, let's move on. Uh, You talked about it last week, but the the big story in Arkansas remains uh, the broken I-40 bridge or the Mississippi River. Uh, This week, a photo from a kayaker from 2016 uh, was released that that suggested that the crack was present all the way back then. Kind of a terrifying thought. You
1: know, this story, I think, is huge and and not for the obvious short-term reason that it's creating problems for people driving on interstate 40 i mean and being diverted to the other bridge and that's that's a traffic bottleneck and it's costing some truckers some money and longer drive times and and what have you and that's i I don't i don't mean that's not a big thing that's a pretty big thing but number one it's going to go on for months i mean nobody's saying how long but they're now saying months, and, and that seems pretty clear that's the case. But that doesn't begin to be it. First of all, th- this, this is an enormous failure of the Arkansas Department of Transportation and singularly the Arkansas Department of Transportation. Its responsibility for that bridge is inspection. Tennessee takes care of maintenance and repair. And, and we just blew it. I mean, we know for an absolute fact that we missed it in 2019 and 2020. Now this picture emerges that shows the crack had begun to develop significantly enough that you could see it from the river in 2016, or it appears so. That hadn't been confirmed, but it's looking likely that that's the case. And like an engineering professor at Arkansas said, cracks do happen from stress on bridges like this. But if you catch them early, you can fix them without closing the bridge down this one is so bad that the entire structure is imperiled. And so they got to close the bridge down and multi-million dollars worth of repair work. And they're hoping the feds are going to pay for it. But, uh, and they've fired one, one sad sack bridge inspector who said the machinery didn't allow him to properly inspect the beam. I don't know. You know, I saw his explanation about that, which is the, the state rejected as a good explanation. And, you know, if you can stand on the outside of the beam and see this crack running down the entire height of the beam, you, you, that did isn't because you couldn't get under the beam to see it. I mean, it's out there in the open where you can see it. So anyway, that guy clearly screwed up and, and, and was involved in inspections on a bunch of other bridges that are now having to be re-inspected to make sure he didn't miss anything else. And then there's still the factor that we're rumbling this immense amount of, tra- of traffic that w- that's heavier than the bridges were designed to carry back when they were built across a 70 year old bridge in in West Memphis which I ain't going to Memphis anytime soon that's all I got to say <laughs> but this follows on the heel of a of a legislative audit that 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 talked in in general managerial terms about precisely the problem that led that contributed to this bridge failure and that is silos of responsibility within the department No redundancy of inspections. It doesn't seem to be anybody to back up this bridge inspector on his work. And that's a shortcoming. There were other people out on the bridge there, too. I mean, my suspicion is there are other people who are responsible, that there are lines of chain of command that are responsible I mean, this is, after all, the department that spent $100 million illegally on building the I-30 project through Little Rock, and they're trying to skate away from it by just saying, oh, they can shift the money around, and no big deal, but by shifting that money around from there, they had to take it from somewhere, and either that is at the damage to other projects, or, or else they're floating in so much money, maybe they didn't deserve a sales tax increase, of course, they need some money to fix the I-40 bridge, so I, I don't know, I think... The independent highway department uh, is is due for some serious scrutiny, and, and I'm not sure it's quite gotten all that deserves right now. I think it's getting a sympathy vote because Laurie Tudor, the director, has said we screwed up. I mean, she's been pretty good about saying we screwed up, and our process has failed us, and we're going to tell you everything we know. And, and 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 I mean, so far they've been pretty transparent, but uh, I think it's an institutional failure, and. I mean, heads have to roll for it and changes have to come.
0: Well, maybe I've missed it, but it does not seem to have gotten the national attention that I, I thought that it would. And, and, you know, it's very timely since we're talking about the big infrastructure package that the Biden administration has proposed.
1: Well, I think Democrats are trying to use this as an example uh, for the infrastructure support, but the Republican comeback is, oh, you guys don't want to spend any money on bridges and roads for the most part anyway. I mean, that's one of their first objections is that the percentage devoted to that isn't big enough. But, uh, yeah, it's just kind of happening in Arkansas and Tennessee, and who gives a rat's ass, you know? I mean, who <laughs> who, who cares about Arkansas after all? So I don't know. No, I, it's... uh, But, I mean, it's a big deal, and, you know, when you consider... That Minnesota bridge collapsed a few years back. <laughs> I mean it didn't happen and and but it could have happened, and you know I mean that's a and that's a monster of bridge. I'm sure you've crossed it. It's just a giant bridge and and it was designed and built at a time when I think the weight limit on trucks was. Oh, well, seventy-two thousand pounds, maybe, and it's up to eighty now. And they can be multi-trailers, and the amount of traffic has increased. And it's and it was built in a design that apparently flexes a lot and rumbles a lot, and so is prone to fatigue, stress, and man, I, you know, I, I mean, I, one thing, one big question, I think at some point is clearly they got to fix this bridge, and they can't <laughs> just say, well, no, scrap that, we're going to build a new bridge immediately instead, because that's a long. Process, But I think that's part of the discussion here is is the need for a new bridge in Memphis. And you're talking about serious money. Probably probably over a billion. I would I would guess. All
0: right. Well, let's talk about a few odds and ends this week. Uh, The League of Women Voters has sued over new election laws. This was expected to some degree.
1: Well, to some degree, uh, the Arkansas has passed things that make it harder to vote, whether shorter time to get in an absentee ballot, can't bring water to people in a voting line, uh, using signature checks for absentee ballots, which is fraught with difficulties, uh, any number of things. And so the League of Women Voters in Arkansas United have sued, uh, and I think they've got you know some they've got some significant lawyers on the case, and we shall see. I mean, it's going to it's a state court lawsuit. First judge is Wendell Griffin. I feel good about that. Uh, don't feel good about the Arkansas Supreme Court. But uh, in any event, there might be some hope of of at least holding these things back for a while. I mean, there is no doubt that these laws were designed to make it harder to vote, and that amounts to vote suppression, in my view. Uh, why they did it in Arkansas, just because they could, I think, and just because that's the national Republican agenda. I mean, you know, so they won nearly everything in Arkansas anyway, so what's the point? But anyway, glad, glad they filed a lawsuit. And and I, I think we got a taste of, of Republican electioneering at the Pulaski County Election Commission meeting this week that Austin covered for us, at which Christy Starr, the chairwoman, uh, who was a major mover in all this vote suppression legislation? Suppression legislation at the Capitol. She testified for all of it. Had this new set of rules designed to, to basically to make it impossible for for Democrats to be election workers and make it very difficult for them. She'd so have to somehow you'd have somehow declare your party affiliation in Arkansas. You don't have to declare your party affiliation to vote, and very few people do. So they'd force them to say, "Well, are you a Democrat or Republican?" Well, I mean. You know, how you vote isn't necessarily what you are. And she wanted to stop that and stop people who were related working together and just a bunch of stuff that would discourage a bunch of the regular staff that has worked there for years from working again. And I, I think it was intentionally decided to to rid the place of them and to get her sycophants in there. Well, there was enough, enough objection to it that it was at least delayed. But I think that's the shape of elections to come. Republicans want to control the election process root and branch and the extent they're able prevent democratically-inclined people from either voting or participating in the process. And the results will be more of what we've endured this last year, I think. And the redistricting process for the legislature begins next week, and I thought, well, you know, here comes more crap. But the one funny thing I thought about that that I might throw in off the record in a, <laughs> on a different tangent is that uh, the governor... Is one of the people at the board of apportionment, the attorney general, the secretary of state, they're all Republicans. Clearly, they'll screw Democrats every which way. But there's some there's some Republicans who made life miserable for Asa Hutchinson. And it occurred to me that this might be an opportunity to move some lines around. It wouldn't necessarily help a Democrat, but it might hurt an incumbent Republican. And I'm kind of I have my fingers crossed that we might get some fun out of that, that maybe (laughs) see him maybe see him draw a line that hurts Trent Garner or something like that just for just for the heck of it
0: we can only hope uh, the another big national story uh, this week in recent weeks is an effort to create a commission to investigate the January 6th insurrection there's a house vote this week uh, Arkansas's congressional um, delegation was split you had rick crawford and bruce westerman voting against the commission and uh and hill and walmac supporting it
1: yeah well let, let me say this about that rick crawford's a dedicated sedition as you know he deposed. it bruce westerman who had to crouch in kevin mccarthy's bathroom on a toilet with a confederate sword in, in fear of the oncoming hordes voting against the, an investigation of this he ought to be ashamed of himself just absolutely ashamed of himself. I mean, there are questions to answer, and they deserve to be answered. This was nothing more or less than a coup d'etat attempt that failed, and the Trump administration encouraged it, and members of Congress on the Republican side were in communication with people who are mounting this insurrection, and, and the facts need to come out. But let us not clap too loud for French Hill and Steve Womack. Both of them issued statements after their vote to justify it by saying, "Well, we need to investigate what Nancy Pelosi did about guarding the Capitol, as if she's responsible." It's outrageous. They're, they're, I, well, I, I'll start cursing if I start thinking words <laughs> that, that suit them. They're pusillanimous, cowardly, dishonest jerks. And so they voted the right way, but not for the right reason.
0: Pusillanimous sounds like a uh, curse word, kind of. So just...
1: <laughs> it's 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 a good word, kind mean, it Just sounds good. <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's leave it there and move on to endorsements. I'm what, surprised you, you didn't.
1: I'm surprised you didn't mention the the ordinance to uh, de-emphasize marijuana enforcement.
0: Well, so we we could board. talk about that. I'm I'm not convinced. Oh, there's not there's part. not
1: much to say. They did it, you know, and I, I don't I don't think, as a practical matter, it'll have much effect. But anyway, but I'm glad they did it.
0: Yeah, it, it will be something to study. And the most interesting part, which I I did not dig into though I think there may be some reporting on it coming soon, is you know, uh police chief Keith Humphrey said, We don't do this, we don't do this. And later Oh I'm Secretary sure King they Richardson do. said, No, look, here's all these stats that we do it. And you know, Fayetteville passed a similar ordinance several years back and then the ACLU came out with a big report. I believe last year, maybe the year before, showing like that they it increased during the yeah enforcement
1: uh, actually increased. I mean that's the problem, is is that the city board can say whatever it wishes, but the cops are going to do what they're going to do. And, yeah, and Little Rock cops are a lot of them are just a bunch of head knockers from Cabot, and, you know, and and they use this as a means of of policing certain kinds of neighborhoods. You know, I, I suspect if you analyze misdemeanor marijuana arrests you find a whole lot more south of i-630 than uh north of kavanaugh boulevard but that's just me
0: yeah no i think i think there will be some reporting soon that will bear bear your uh, guess out okay but back to endorsements what do you got
1: well i started watching hacks on hbo max the, oh yeah this uh, comedy series with gene smart and and i i refer to her as lorraine newman's daughter can't remember exactly what her name is but it's
0: hannah
1: yeah you know, an old veteran comedian and a young new age comedy writer and they're uh they're slightly profane and somewhat funny uh attempt to kind of cross the generations and in las vegas it's uh it's pretty good entertainment i'm 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 uh, not sorry i started watching and, and my wife was who who is really resistant to shows of this nature i thought she'd hate it and she said well okay i'll watch it so that's that's kind of high praise from her so, so it's pretty good
0: <laughs> yeah gene smart is great she's gene smart is really is is
1: fabulous is fabulous in it she's great i mean good acting i mean apart from just being funny i thought
0: yeah yeah i, I like that show we've been watching it um, well, I'll do I'll do two quick endorsements. Uh, I was out last week and appreciate Austin Bailey filling in. Uh, my wife and I went over to Oxford for uh, the night for our our road trip issue, which will be out next week. We we decided as a theme that everyone would get out of Arkansas, even though, of course, we didn't really go to all the surrounding states are, are no better and some are worse politically but uh, it had been f- at least 15 years since I'd been to Oxford and I'd it'd been on my list mainly because I just wanted to go to the bookstore and eat at uh, some of John Current's restaurants. He's the, the kind of celebrity chef in Oxford is a, a new Orleans native who I think in the early nineties came over and set up city grocery, which is kind of the famous spot there. And has since expanded his restaurant empire. He's got uh Boré, which is kind of bar, Creole uh, bar food, and Big Bad Breakfast, which is this burgeoning breakfast chain that started in Oxford, and Snack Bar, which is kind of, I don't know, more high-end Creole sort of food. And we only stayed for a night, so we we only ate at Boré and Big Bad Breakfast and didn't get to try the others. But, I mean, that's that's a worthwhile trip right there. If if you want to just go eat. Eat some good food, and walk around, and look at old houses. How and do they big spell u r e with the uh, accent. No,
1: oh, it's after it's after the Cajun card game. That's in Louisiana. That's pronounced bûre, but I, okay. I don't know how, don't well, know how they sure. pronounce it. I don't know how they pronounce it in Mississippi, but. That's for the Cajun card game. Yeah, it's okay. It's yeah, I well, played I'm, some. I played some boure in my day.
0: Boure, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's it's a right. it's
1: a match the pot game. You take tricks, and if you get no tricks, you have to match the pot, and it can it can it can become very expensive.
0: Oh. Well, yeah, so that that was fun, and and uh, I needed to do some follow up reporting on this. But according to the Big Bad Breakfast website, they plan to open one in Litterock. So oh, wow. That's that great. would be a game changer. It was just dynamite. And and I had something that I think you would appreciate. It was the Creole omelet. It was filled with gulf shrimp and andouille and all peppers and onions and cheese and topped oh, with tomato great. gravy. Oh, oh, yes.
1: Sounds great.
0: It was dynamite. They
1: got, a, they got biscuits, I assume. I'm
0: yes, and the perfect biscuit came with it. Hash browns. Mm, so you've got... Good you got the John currents restaurants to go to and then square books has, which is probably the best bookstore in the South has expanded all over the square. There's a discount square books, off square books. And then there's a kid's square books, square books, junior and a rare square books. And I, I went to all except the rare because I knew that I would spend money. Uh, and just, just a uh, really a lovely bookstore. And they're, they they are vigilant about masks still, so that that was a bright spot as well. Well, good uh, for them. And on the the bookstore tip in just recent weeks, I've read two novels that I just love, love, loved. Toni Morrison's Beloved, which you know I don't need to talk about because it's famous and everybody knows about it. But man, it is it is a masterpiece. It deserves the acclaim that it gets. And and I was thinking that it, if some of Mark Lowry's bills would have passed, it would have been probably not kosher for discussion. So we should, that's another, everybody should send Mark Lowry copies of Beloved. And then I uh, bought and then gobbled up very quickly uh, John Williams um, book, his novel Stoner. It's kind of a cult classic that New York Review Books republished in the 90s, I believe. It's about a a uh, college professor who has kind of an unremarkable life, but it is just so sharply observed and, you know, almost brutal in its uh, its character descriptions, but in a in a kind of loving way. is a very strange and absorbing book that I highly really? recommend. So that's all I got.
1: Thanks. For well, listening. that's a lot. That's good.
0: And uh, I'm going to be out next week, but I believe Austin will will be back with Max. So I'll be here and stay safe. We'll see you.